Hey, Internet, you got a great brief history of power live recording episode 15. Dr. Adam Kuntz and Pastor Jonathan Fish, two white guys with an interest in having you think for yourself in these very illogical and chaotic days. And we're going to be tangenting topic wise just a touch today. We have been tracking with the need to study the Ottoman Turks and uh, their impact on things like American elections in the last couple of weeks. We're, we're tangenting out of that into. Well, I don't, I don't want to give it away just yet, but something you listeners have been clamoring for. Uh, let me just suggest this, though, to you as a grander meta into which to set today's discussion. That once upon a time, there was an American people who believed fervently in something, and that something came to rest upon the shoulders of a man named John, uh, John Kennedy. And John Kennedy, whoever and whatever he was, he was the image of what that people believed the country would be. And then he was brutally murdered in front of them all on TV. I think it shocked them. I think it scared them. I think they didn't know where they were anymore. I think it was a lot like today is, actually, in some ways, where they had a choice that they had to make. And it's the red pill, blue pill choice of the Matrix in many ways. Are you in the box or are you outside the box? Uh, trust the wide road of the mediums of truth, uh, the prophets who come and tell you what you should believe because the box says so, um, or not. And, and that generation chose to, to trust the mediums. They chose to believe that there is no such thing as a conspiracy theory. You know, men don't generally lie. They usually have your good intention just buy some more things. So what we are now is experiencing the society uh, having a second question about that. Like, are we so sure? <laughs> yeah, really? And, and what you see is a generation gap in who's having this thought too, I think. I think there is a certain generation, a great generation even, and those close to them who are unwilling to even consider that, that anything is going on. And yet you have another generation even further down below who perhaps quite the contrary of the boomers' uh, starry-eyed view of the future, um, they're just ready to go to war. And that's scary too in, in its own road. But you see that in where the Hunger Games is being mimicked by uh, Antifa a little bit. And we find ourselves not so much in the Marvel Universe where all the heroes are ones we can look to for, for hope. Uh, instead, uh, we have, oh, what, Trump uh, and Biden. Uh, and, and then the great reset that Thanos would bring down upon us. Um, I only will say to, to kind of conclude this and throw this at you, Pastor Coons, Pastor Coons, Dr. Coons, all these things. Um, I'm so glad I live in Narnia. Uh, I really am. Because uh, if I did not, I think that Christmas would never come. But since I live in Narnia, I'm pretty sure that the Great Reset, as diabolical as it may be, as it may in fact be the zeitgeist of the devil himself, I don't know because I didn't watch anything you sent me. I didn't read anything you sent me. I know almost nothing about it except I think there's a German guy who said something a week and a half ago about something somewhere that I heard about. That's it. So, so you tell me about the boogeyman. I'm going to sit here in Care Paravel and, and learn. Yee, yeehaw. How many viewers we got? And we got, we got at least 17 checking us out. So yeehaw. <laughs> so what is going on is that similar to, as you read more of the Narnia books, you understand how long the conflict that was first published in the line, the witch in the wardrobe has been going on and what, what is wrong and, and how it went wrong and what the geography of things is and why certain creatures are where they are. And I think part of our role here is to explain that uh, not only with the past, which for me brings both clarity and hope. So we'll come back to that. We'll come back to Jamestown and the pilgrims and move forward from there, but also for the future, because sometimes uh, the powers that be 
to use a biblical phrase, will actually show what they're doing. And that is happening in, in our society more and more and more all the time, right? So the thing that is at the head of the Great Reset and the man that is at the head of it, or at least is the public face of it, which is Klaus Schwab, who is the founder of the World Economic yes, Forum. Yes, yes, yes. Some German has, guy. Has been, has been running an, at least one annual meeting in addition to a bunch of other activities out of Davos, Switzerland, since the early 1970s. Hmm. And this group, it, it's usually just called Davos for the place, but there's a foundation, there are meetings, there's lots of stuff going on. This group has been at the forefront of a lot of things that eventually become mainstream, such as, for instance, something that we'll talk about today. It's, it's part of the Great Reset is the term climate change. Hmm. Well, at the end of the 70s, that was terror over a coming ice age because of industrial pollution, terror over global, global cooling. Then in the 90s, it was global warming, mm -hmm. and now it is more neutrally climate change. So this is something that has been going on for a long time. People have been planning for a long time. What happened with the term the Great Reset, which is the World Economic Forum's term, and you can find a variety of things. The, the thing that has gone most viral is about a minute and a half video talking about what 2030 will be like. Hmm. And it begins with a man smiling and there's text over him and near him that says in 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Is this the one where it's like the U.S. will no longer be a power and it says a bunch of stuff like that? Right. I saw something me, like the, this morning. Yeah. It, but is that one yeah. of them? I don't know. I, I didn't even That's watch one that long. Them. I was like, oh, yeah. look, some crazy. This just looks. Oh. Well, I'm glad I'm in Narnia. And I went on with pooping, which is what I do when I'm doing Twitter. And I saw that. So, But that, that sounds awful and dystopic and Hunger Gamesy. Cool. Here we are. Well, what's happening is that they have actually named something that will be the focus of Davos, which is supposed to happen in person in January, as it always does, January 2021, the entire conference, as well as all their stuff leading up to it. Currently, they're doing one with the head of, I think it's the World Bank. That's the one that always has a European oh. in charge of it. But it's going to be called The Great Reset. And this is a term that they've introduced through both Schwab, but also Prince Charles, the heir to the British throne. But if you go to the World Economic Forum... I shouldn't laugh. Yeah. I shouldn't laugh. But really, he thinks he is, does he? Oh. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> I mean, what is, what is kind of weird is that in setting up this episode, you know, a lot of people were asking about this, which is why I kind of redirected. But I, I went, I, I'm, I'm looking through their website, I'm looking through documents, and I feel like Alex Jones because all the names are there and I'm just going to get on camera here and just scream. We have the documents because if you go to their website, they tell you what you've they're got, doing. You've, yeah, they do. And it's, it's like the British Royal hmm. family, Ivy league universities, hmm. Netflix, hmm. Adidas, you know, huh. it's like every, every it, it, it's, it's like the, the military industrial complex plus the educational oligopoly so all got China? together. Where's China in that one? Are they in this? Yeah, is, so this like, China, is this like anti-China? Is this what China's trying to fight? No, the really big thing that that happened with China at the end of the '90s, where they got, they were able to be mainstreamed into world institutions, and this matters because the what's what's behind the Great Reset is a push to accomplish something that is even older than that, which are the UN Sustainable Development Goals, of which mm -hmm. there are seventeen. 
Mm-hmm. And those, those, if you look at those on sustainabledevelopment.un.org, I think is the, is the address, those are, are older and more explicit and more politically explicit. But when you look at the Great Reset, basically all that Davos is saying, that's usually how they're referred to, all that Davos is saying is COVID is the opportunity to <laughs> achieve sustainable development, which doesn't just mean we're going to protect the pandas. Mm-hmm. It means that we will have 1 billion climate refugees. So the North will accept. It means what I saw in that video, it means yeah. no more meat. It, yeah, that's it means a lot said. of things. They said You're no gonna... more meat. And I said, wait a minute, that's what I eat. Oh, right. should I tell people about this? No, I won't retweet this. They'll, they won't believe it's even possible. No one's trying to make this right. happen. Who would right. tell you you can't eat cows besides yeah. Hindus? Right. And, you, you, I mean, you oh, won't... wait, two, you... oh, one more time. I, I got to go in. Yeah, Do, so right. now there's going to be a second world religion that's devoted to not letting us eat meat. Just, just so y'all are counting. Here it comes, environmentalism, a second world religion that will not let you eat a cow. I wonder why that is. I wonder if yeah. God made cows special. Call me nuts. Call me nuts. Call me a flood believer. Whatever. I am. I, whatever. Go on. Go on, Kevin. You, you're I don't, the rational I, one. I'm the crazy I, one. You're right. I don't, I, I don't even want to call what they're saying uh, sustainable no. or environmental. Oh, because death. I think if they, if they actually believed what they were saying, they would go back to the policies that the environmental movement had hmm. before it became corporatized and mainstreamed in like the 80s. Because before that, basically everybody, including the Sierra Club, was firmly against immigration hmm. on the grounds that it brings about more urbanization and therefore more Less basic, sustainability. Yeah, it's, it's unsustainable. That, that permanent economic growth, permanent further urbanization is a problem. <laughs> and there's a, re- there's a really interesting article, people can find it in the chat if they want to while, while we're talking here, from 2016. Well, I can probably put that stuff in the chat here while you're talking. Yeah, uh, from 2016. So four years ago, there are, and it's in, it's in the first person, and it was written by some sort of underling, I think, at the UN. But it's in the first person and it's looking into the future. I, I, and I love how they're becoming kind of nakedly end timesy eschatological about this stuff, looking into the future. We're all urbanized. So this is long before COVID, right? So understand that COVID has become the pretext for control and then change. And I'll talk later about why I think they even think they can do that. But in 2016, they're saying we're all going to be in cities. I don't have anything I don't go to stores anymore. It all gets delivered to me. And you'll Hmm. see that also in that minute and a half video. (laughs) But then there's this really weird paragraph where this person is like, yeah, I mean, we used to have more freedom, but actually like slavery is freedom, basically. And then the the paragraph talks about how there are people outside the cities. And those people chose to kind of take an off ramp from technological change and progress. Yes. And here we and go. I'm on board. That's what we're doing. They're, they're weird. Yes. Right. So so basically <laughs> what what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is the Great Reset is gonna turn us all Amish. Yep. If some of us weren't you what's know what you're buying Amish what tech you buy right now and how you know how to do it with your hands yeah. is what your children will have. So be smart people. Seriously, it's not about you're prepping, right. it's just about eating. 
That's right. All, well, healthcare probably too a little bit. A little that electricity for sure. Like what you're going to so, do with it, how your connection is, how yeah. your community survives. Get ready. I'm, I mean, yeah. yeah. We're, because, we're coming from such different places to get to this, Adam. That's what's so interesting to me. We really are. That's why I think I mean, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm I validated mean, by this. Like, I yeah. wasn't trying to find this. Right. You know? As people can see, I'm already Amish. So that's, this isn't that's, like that's a right. problem. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But I just I, am moving I, into, the, into the hills with the, with the loggers. So There you go. That's, there you go. that's what we're all about so I What is the, the term, the Great Reset, is their term. I didn't make this up. Alex Jones didn't make this up. It's their term, and it's their term for understanding COVID as an opportunity, for which I don't blame them. Like, I see COVID as a massive opportunity for my own part, for the people mm-hmm. that I'm trying to educate mm-hmm. and inspire. That so, sure has been here, too. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame them at all for that. But what is, what, is, what is different is that I don't have funding and backing from Facebook and Amazon and Google and the People's Bank of China. That's... China's Federal Reserve, also the Federal Reserve, which is now doing weekly seminars on racism. So so, uh, what we're looking at is that the elites are kind of really openly showing what they want to do, what they want to happen in a way that, that really has not been the case. I mean, Davos always mattered, but probably normal people didn't have to be aware of it in the same way that probably normal people weren't aware what the electoral college process is. And at this point, if you don't know, you really should know. At a time when they can manipulate a voter base and a certain age demographic voter base, particularly the aged, is quite large, which will be dropping in size significantly in the next couple of, of, well, the next decade, next two decades, as the end of the baby boom kind of begins to semi- implode on itself reaching the peak at 50 at 2050 for the world at least numbers i saw so what are we to do with this yeah you know i mean it's 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 i mean just kind of recap big companies are saying they are doing this you can watch a minute and 30 second video what they're saying they're going to do and that they're saying COVID is an opportunity to make this a world reality that you have no part in you're Mm -hmm. either going to have a part in this or you're going to kind of get cut off of the spice, right? The flow. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. not going to get the new tech. And right. uh, this will be, let me put this one more in for you. If you don't like taking injections made out of babies, you're getting off the train. Like yeah. you don't get to stay on the right. train. Right. Right. That's where my Christianity is coming to play. Yeah. I, I think that one thing that you can see, and I, I there, there, there are ways in which this is very like symptomatic of a lot of diseases that I think we all have, but maybe I want to, I want to save that for the end. The program here is maybe different than a lot of people thought. So a lot of people said, okay, you know, if, when, if Biden gets elected, they're going to make COVID go away. The reason that's not true and the way that you can see that that's not true and fortune 500 executives as reported by CBS, which I trust, cause that's their crowd. That's mm-hmm. not, this is not, you know, Revolver or Breitbart talking. CBS News reporting that Fortune 500 uh, executives are meeting to make sure that Biden becomes the next president. Right. They're not going right. No. Okay. Right. So what they're showing you is that th- that COVID was not about simply ensuring the presence of mail-in ballots in enormous numbers. That that helped, but COVID, you can see from like Washington State right now as we record this. Um, what are we like the third week of um, of November now, COVID in Washington state is being lot. I mean, 
they're going into another round of lockdowns, basically. Right, right. Illinois is supposed to be doing one, too, as far as how heaviest we've done. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, you're not supposed to do Thanksgiving. You're not supposed to do Christmas. Unless you're in the FBI you... on Netflix, in which there's a whole new series about it, apparently. It's amazing. <laughs> really? I'm no, not kidding. I mean, it's, no, how weird is you're that? right. <laughs> how weird is that? Fauci is Fauci is saying that even after we have the vaccine, we're going to need masks and social distancing. Oh, for pity's sakes. You know, I mean, you have to realize that, you know, Richard can't remember the guy's name, the shoe bomber. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. Basically, yeah. 20 years ago now smuggled, I think, a liquid explosive in his shoes. And you still have to take off your shoes and get basically felt up by the right. TSA to get on a plane. 20 years later right, okay? right right so i don't see this stuff going away unless people force it to go away <laughs> right, right and generally they have been accepting it um i have been amazed by you know i think there was a there was a law a a, a covid vaccination law that that the danes wanted to pass and it, it was successfully protested and was not passed i think that what you can see is none of this is like okay uh if this domino goes down, then they'll do exactly this because the game plan doesn't seem to be simply they want to get their guy elected. Mm -hmm. The game plan appears to be fundamental change in your daily life in every way. Right, 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 right. Because the vaccination issue is there regardless of who wins the election. Right. right? That's where, so to me, the hat tip in all this has been Pfizer. (laughs) Like, like they're solving a lot of problems at one time. Yeah. Pfizer. They had yeah. a lot of problems. They're solving a lot of their problems one time right now, um, financially. So, I mean, <sighs> you, you you mentioned food, but there's also like, where will you go on a daily basis? Will you leave your home? <laughs> will your home be in a rural area, or are you even allowed to live there? No, you probably have to live in a city. I mean, I think, I think that one of the one of the knock on effects of the destruction of a lot of our city centers over the past six months is not about bringing about some sort of, you know, equality or something. I think it's really about like destroying real estate prices so that it can be bought up and redeveloped. Mm -hmm. Um, That's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened with large swaths of New York coming out of the nineties as New York got safer. That was all bought up and redeveloped. So I think that what you're looking at is, the program is much more intrusive than maybe anybody had imagined. And I would have felt sort of stupid saying publicly on the air like this, Mm. if they themselves weren't saying it so obviously and so clearly. But this brings me to my point that I started this with. It doesn't matter. No matter how clear they say it, they can make movies about it. They are making movies about it. We still don't seem to believe it or a certain demographic of the world is not capable of piercing the darkness of the media box. They're just, they're in the box. They're listening to it. And I don't honestly know what is the diagnostic for that, because it's not about our religion, although Christians should wake up. But it's certainly not about Christianity. Others see this. Um, What is that common factor that has got others so numb? Uh, That's the sort of what I wish we could figure out. Where the conversation should start with them. (laughs) You know, you're not going to start in the depths of the of the Whatever, whatever Twitter argument they had most recently, you're not going to win them over by engaging the facts of that debate, right? You've got to get to some bigger thing that's making you willing to listen to this gaslighting, even when it's so evidently gaslighting. Yeah, I th- I think that honestly, some of the some of the videos just that Davos itself has been putting out would probably be the most effective thing <laughs> because they are so shockingly weird. 
like extremely weird. I mean, there was not and not not cringe weird, not like the mayor of Chicago's Science is Back video that she she put out <laughs> about the Biden election. Yeah, she's a gem. She's a real gem. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> not not cringe. The Davos ones are well produced. They look good and there are plenty of them on their website. That's what I would show people because video is just such a powerful medium. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that you have to just resolve yourself or, or resign yourself to the idea that large numbers of people will continue trusting the the various scrying stones, the screens that they've had in front of their faces their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of nothing you can do about that. Right. Right. You, you, so, you, so what is yeah. coming is a split in humanity between two types of class. And it will be those yeah. who can see that there's an elite bigger game going on and just don't buy into it, which may at times make our lives more difficult. And yeah. those who are just going to keep drinking the Kool-Aid of, of the globalist agenda, which apparently the, that strong British monarchy has a hand in. Oh, man. Look at them go. <laughs> right. Look at them go. Right. right. Uh, we will right. say Britannia yet. I swear it. Um, so uh, uh, I have had a thing I wrote down recently that I think does connect to this. Um Okay. But I've been struggling to understand what it means. And it comes from a guy I followed on Twitter after following a guy you followed whose handle begins with Bronze Age. And then it goes on. And recently he's made it a little, <laughs> yeah. he's made it a little right. less uh, not safe for work. But um, you know, these are guys who their Twitter handle, handle may betray them but have a certain intellectual rigor that you, know, you would expect right. to find amongst scholastic debate and yet rarely – do which is an interesting thing and and you know yeah. uh that's the the, uh, the weinstein brothers uh, beef and, and i'm with them on that right yeah but one of these other guys who i got tangented onto and i can't he's a he's something something oh is it rational aztec or something something like i don't know what it was anyway <laughs> um he just said reject modernity that was it that was the tweet reject modernity and i realized i had the moment he said it but I, i'm still trying to figure out like that's a big deal right like that's yeah, sort of like yeah. like yeah. I don't know who I am anymore a little bit, but so right. so how does that tie into this? Because I think those who will be furthest ahead in the new game of being the slum <laughs> uh, are those who reject modernity now and start realizing yeah. we have to build on our own. We have to have our own infrastructures going. And if my family and my neighbor can do it, well, then we're going to be leaders, you know, and that's right. good. We need that. We need people right. to do that everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think. Because I think what you're dealing with, so as you were talking about, you know, what about this generation that just accepts and blah, 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 because they were taught to because they've been looking at TV their entire life. I was thinking about, you know, if you I I followed the trail back from World Economic Forum to UN Sustainable Development to the UN Charter, and I can see already in the UN Charter premonitions of some of these programs like the UN will basically govern the world. Right. That's the goal. That's the aspiration. Right. And so from there, you have to go back to, okay, well, what what actually came out of World War Two? Because I was taught that it was a battle between good and evil. Right. So what did we set up when we were in charge of everything in, you know, 1945 through 50 uh, with the Soviets before that also became an antagonistic. Right. right. At the same time, we were putting the New Deal into place, which fixed so many problems. Didn't start any. So, so the, I mean, so the problem here is that you go back and you go back and you go back and you go back. And at some point I'm reading people objecting to the French revolution and I'm seeing that they're saying things that I'm thinking 
about videos I see on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when, when we say reject modernity, we're not saying go straight back. We're saying <laughs> you're going to have to move forward with something else now, which yeah. is exactly what people like Edmund Burke and Grun von Prinster and Joseph de Mestre in their different countries are saying, we can't go back to before they cut off the king's head. Mm -hmm. We have to push back against that and we have to go forward into something that will restore order and beauty yeah. Yeah. to yeah. our lives. And in the same vein, we cannot, uh, we cannot go back to before they took the farm or before we sold it to play in the casino. Uh, right. But yeah. we have to build the farm again. Right. Do. And whatever you're going to eat, and I'm not saying that you won't have any access to a store, but when the bread lines are there, you're going to be glad for those eggs in the backyard. Really? Right. You really right. will. So right. you want to kind of, you can do that now for fun. It's actually kind of fun, right? And start prepping to see a life that is not prepping to hide. Okay. It's not, not planning to go away, but yeah. planning when the neighbors are like, what's going on? Be like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been worried about this. Here's some water and some eggs. You know, uh, and, and that's where, for my end, again, any religion worth its salt needs to be honestly assessing the present for the sake of the neighbor tomorrow. You know, yeah, I, I so talking about like symptoms and just the phrase reset, I think that one of the things that we talk about here basically every week is that our politics are a politics of nature. So you need to know what nature is and what is natural, because that is the very thing that's being abolished by the great reset they're going right. to abolish the idea that you're going to eat big animals so that you can have a big brain which is you know basically just how we got here as humans you know um or that you are going to you know live in any way in nature or according to nature that's the very thing that they're trying to get rid of the symptom here that i i think is part of the deepest sickness is the phrase reset as if human existence or life is not a biological reality, but is instead a kind of mechanical reality. And that is that they, they see themselves mm -hmm. as engineers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who are going to fix an assortment of machines. Are, are you, are you suggesting that a eugenicist policy came out of the 1945 era and actually is being run by a German today? Have I suggested before the Nazis won without us realizing it? I think I have on a different topic. Am I, it's not, not all Germans are Nazis. I'm German. But like, wait, slow down. How is this even possible? It sounds so, it sounds so diabolically wicked. And like, men have to just be doing this on accident. They just have to be. We just have to be that dumb. There's, there's no way this is on purpose, this evil. I, you know, I, for one, I mean, one thing is that America actually went farther with eugenics as a social program long before anybody else did. Mm. So when it was implemented under the Third Reich, they were following what they called the California plan. Oh. Because California and Indiana were the most, uh, I guess you would say, fervent or extensive. Hmm. And, I, and I, I think that one of the things that's, that, was, that was off about eugenics was not that genetics aren't a real thing. It was what are human beings allowed to control about other human beings? And to my mind, that's the, that's the issue behind a lot of the sickness that is of which the Great Reset is not simply a program for the future, but it's a symptom of how we got here. That is that somehow, whether we're talking about human biology or what, you know, cuisine 
or where I make my home, that all of that is somehow or should be subject to control by experts Mm -hmm. or people who are wealthier than I am Mm -hmm. or people who engage in far more international jet travel than I ever have, but still want to tell me about climate change. And so I think that the, the thing that has gotten us here is the illusion of control or the possibility of control of which things like a lot of what happened with eugenics in a lot of countries was a symptom and of which I think the great reset is a symptom. It's why in some ways I have a lot of hope, but there's also a lot of darkness I think ahead of us because they have not been disabused of their illusions. No, they're going to make it worse where they are. So that's, there's a lot of hope if you're not where they're going to do it. I think, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm praying for that one. Uh, you know, that, that they will have their own little experiments, but to globally manage it, I think you just can't you can't get that wide even with the internet, especially if the family at home just doesn't use the internet that often, just, you know, sometimes, you know? And so, yeah. you know, what, yeah. how are they going to come door to door in this great land? We're so vast. Um, I'm sure in China, they have tactics for these things. Although I think in certain regions of the mountains, they probably just let it be too, because it's just yeah. easier not to deal with it. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. it kind of all depends on where you're at. And I think there's enough of America that's here. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we voted red, like in large half, at least, Right. If not uh, in a wide. So oh, I saw somebody this morning tweeting, no, you know, there's 410 electoral votes for, for Trump. I, well, there's another one. I don't know, who knows? But I don't think there was everyone's like, yay, this plan's great. Let's just accept right. it in our yeah. town, in our city. But that's why we have to not pretend that this isn't what's going on. We cannot sit here and think that we live in Bob Costas happy universe where everything's great. Right. And we may remember a little bit about who Bob Costas hung out with, like Marv Albert and how he went away and came back. And if you don't know that reference, that's fine. But it's time to stop trusting the talking heads. Start with us, too, if you want to. Change the channel. Go research <laughs> The Great Reset from its own documents, like Dr. Koontz has done. And then come and tell us we're crazy to think that they're actually planning some pretty crazy stuff. <clears throat> when <clears throat> we're talking about um, the idea, uh, why would anybody go along with this or what did people vote for? I, I, don't, I don't see support for the left in any developed country, which is, which is to whom the Great Reset pertains. If you're not from a developed country or you don't live in one now, the good news is that by 2030, you'll be able to call yourself a climate refugee under pretty much any circumstances. And you can come here too, and you can eat impossible burgers with us. Okay. But- <coughs> Sorry, I just kind of threw up my mouth a little bit there. <laughs> if, if, you, if you already Sorry. live, and, and God forbid you were born- in a developed country, if you're already there, the the thing that you're looking at is probably not something that is going to become a campaign platform. And the only the only way to find it is to look into things that most people don't look at, like the you know several pages down from the landing page of a candidate's website, mm-hmm. or it, it, it's not exactly hidden. You know, no. the phrase, the phrase build back better, for instance, which is a big phrase in the quote office of the president elect, which doesn't exist. But that phrase is being used by Biden, also by Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. also by lots of people the world over pretty much anywhere you have an English speaking country. They are using the phrase in connection with covid build back better. <laughs> so you can tell that the messaging is common and on point. But you have to dig down to find out what it's going to be and what it actually means. 
And once you find that out, then you understand that what I'm saying is not like just, you know, just weird speculation. They're actually telling you what they want to do. They are. But see, John Birch said the same thing. <laughs> well, uh, and I mean, he's a conspiracy theorist, you know. Well, so therefore, everything you said makes no sense. Right. Uh, and the other the other problem with kind of our reading and this go, this is kind of pre Kennedy stuff with our reading of American history is that no one goes back and remembers that when the KGB archives were open in the 1990s, it was revealed that a lot of people in the Roosevelt and Truman administrations were actually, were actually communists. I I remember hearing that. So I thought we took care of it. That's when the news came out because we took care of that problem. Right. That's why they told us that. Right. I think both in your thinking, but also in your daily living, the thing that, you know, Davos and, you know, and company are relying on is simply laziness. Mm-hmm. And they will, they will allow you to be lazy. So something that you can notice, they're is training that, you to be lazy. Yeah, anything that enslaves you that, mm-hmm. that makes you dull, lazy, ignorant, stupid, those things you can have plenty of. So if you want, if you want opioids legally, go to Oregon. If you want to watch <laughs> porn, do it anytime from any internet connection anywhere in the world. Basically at this point, I think maybe the Chinese block it out, but anything that's going to enslave you, you can have, and you'll be able to have hmm. anything that would allow you to be at all independent, like doing your own research on things or building your own home or not going into debt. Those things, no, those yeah, things are not to. on the table. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are not going to be promoted or discussed even if the option is sitting right there, which is the def, I just is the definition of slavery. Yeah, it is the, totally. And so we live in this right now. They're shouting about anti-racism, but they're doing it to make us slaves, all of us. Yeah. And you know what? I, as a Christian, I can actually handle it. Believe it or not, I got a worldview that says if that's where you find out that you are, you won't be there forever. So you know, get over yourself and do what you can. And but so I'm okay. At the same time, like if you have your freedom. What are you doing? Right. And this great country that, that has taught me to swear allegiance to it since I was knee high and made me believe that we actually had something here in a hope for mankind. I just I just can't take it anymore that we're going to sit here and keep believing that about ourselves while we let this happen. And as you point out, it's about details. It's about the fine print. It's about getting to, to the why it matters where you are. Uh, who are your local politicians? What are they trying to do? Why are the Christians not involved? Or I shouldn't just say Christians. Why are the people of goodwill who don't want this kind of governance not involved in the school boards? Now, why are you just watching TV at home? Why are you just watching football? Because, because I mean, that's just it. You take out the drugs. Right. And I don't care about football. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever. You know, it, it, on that level, it's we're just not paying attention. And therefore, in a sense, we deserve to be made slaves if we're that dumb as a society. Right, right. Yeah. Just get taken over. Yeah, they're they're relying on non-involvement. So they're yeah. relying on the idea that like literally nobody knows what happens with, you know, county emergency management system. Right. Even though that really matters yeah. for, you know, your public health department really matters when they're trying to keep you in your home, you know. Or they're relying on the fact that you have no idea who your state rep is, so you're not going to contact him or her in order to say, you know, I want you to vote this way on the certification of the, you know, the popular vote in our state, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're relying on ignorance. And they're smart to do that, because 
it is ubiquitous. And I think that one of the issues generationally is that it's not just that we have different media inputs, that my generation, for instance, is, is basically has the attention span that the internet has enforced on us. Boomers maybe have a TV length attention span, which is a little bit longer, at least 22 minutes of content for every 30 minutes of airtime, right? But one of the other differences is that my generation, probably yours too, and certainly after me still more, have lived with the consequences of things yep. that were in place, like I said, the World Economic Forum existed in 1971, but in 1971, nobody was telling you, you're not going to eat meat, or your eight-year-old kid is going to become a girl now, uh, which is something that Biden you know, explicitly supported when asked. Well, Basically, and we've been socially programming into the media for a while through entertainment. Right. I'm convinced right. of it. And I think that one of the big generational differences and, and part of the problem here is that they have fragmented us so much through media mm -hmm. that we can either get along with nor even understand each other, mm -hmm. which of course makes it harder to resist. And so there's a way in which I don't want to, even though I, in my daily life, have problems communicating with people of a different generation. I still don't want to bash people simply because it's kind of like it's kind of like Q people politically. I do not believe in Q, but their heart is in is going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to bash anyone who is going in the right direction. The idea that I'm going to spend all of my time kind of sifting out exactly what I think and how much more right it is than someone two degrees to my right or two degrees to my left. That's mm. a waste of time when we're talking about things like survival of any sense of normalcy or maybe just bare survival. Hmm. There's a, there's a bit of the Psalms that, uh, I don't know. It seems weird when you first say it in the new King James, uh, it's a complaint that our mouths are exceedingly filled with the contempt of those who are at ease. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how would being at ease make me contemptible? But I think you just just kind of described it, right? There's this, <laughs> there's this point at yeah. which security in this world, Christian or no, if you're a survival of the fittest atheist, it should be even more so for you. Security in this world is not a given. And this, this civilization raised you and me on a tube that tells us it's a given, it's a given, it's a given. Just right. do what you're told, just yeah, do what right. you're told, yeah. it's a given, it's a given. And like when we couldn't get jobs out of college, it was like, well, it seems like they're not quite telling the truth, but maybe we'll we'll make it through. And, and this is the point with it's like, well, the election's stolen. The election's not stolen. Half of us say one, half of us say the other. And the half of us say mm -hmm. it's not stolen. Say you're so crazy it can't possibly be. Okay, so now you're yep. saying half the country is so crazy that, that they can't possibly be saying the truth. So that means no one's saying the truth. What do we, what do we believe at all? Yeah. And I need to feed my kids like in five years. Right. You know, they try, they shut stuff down in Illinois and people are complaining about being out of work and losing jobs and places are closing down. We lost meat for a little while. In fact, back when they did the first shutdown, like that's a real thing. And I'm seeing stuff all over the world where this is happening. Individual lives being destroyed in communities, Ireland and in France and yeah. Italy, all, all this stuff. And it, these elites don't, they don't. I don't even see it. It just makes me so angry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm winding now. Um, but but to kind of bring it back and throw it to you. Okay, so the game is not to shake your fist at what cannot be done, which I just did a little bit of. Right. The game is to see where you are, what your feet can do right now, 
outside your door, including talking to people who seem unbroachable in terms of the conversations about these things. Um, especially, I shouldn't say it that way, talking to people to whom you, before you think it's unbroachable, before you assume that, broach it, have these conversations, see where reason lies. Uh, yeah. Distance yourself from conversations where reason does not lie, where irrationality yeah. begins to boil up. Get away from that. But then right. console and, and and group with other people who are using logic to think, uh, and then start building from there with who you find, whatever your hands able to do. Does that help? Yeah, I think that especially helps. especially as long as communications lines of communication are open to you. So both your neighbors and also people who are supportive and who can teach you. You know, I mean, I. <laughs> I have learned so much from anonymous Twitter accounts for my daily life. I can't even tell you. And that's weird, but it's just true. Hmm. So I think that as long as lines of communication are open to you, you want to begin to build something that is an alternate. And that doesn't mean you're going to be able to build your own internet in time to survive when our social credit system, which I think is much more insidious than China's, because hmm. at least China is forthright about what the rules are. Right. We're not. And we will pretend that you're fine until you're not, and then you're unpersoned. Right. But if, if our social credit system gets rid of you for your views, don't worry about it because you will have already built a network both near and far of people who are supportive for you and of whom you are supportive. And that is a way to have a future to work for. Because one of the things that they're trying to do when they say in 2030, you will is that they're telling you what your future will be like. That's prophesying. That is speaking with a certainty that only comes from the divine. And if you believe in some other God than Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, uh, what, whoever that God is, then you're going to have to build your own future in view of what you believe to be true, not what they told you was going to happen. So when you think about the future, one of the things that they're trying to do is put kind of a brain worm inside you that will kind of eat out all sense of hopefulness or activity or growing strength or confidence hmm. or anything like that, that would actually enable you to survive a future, right? Now, this does not mean that they are actually capable of that. The idea that they are engineers of humanity or of civilization is foolish. It's a myth. It's a myth, but they're still going to try it. Mm -hmm. So you have to realize what are not just routes of escape or routes of retreat, but what are ways forward? Because there is now nothing for you back there. Oh, Nostalgia yeah, for yeah, the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. is foolish. It's that's foolish. just, that's yeah. just longing for the time when the bomb was slightly less close to going off. I think the question is truly, what is the best way to die? Am I ready to die. How do I want to die? Do I want to die in a nursing home with a mask on by myself so I can live a few weeks longer? What? No. When do I want to die? And so I'm going I'm to throw this question out here from the side. We're, we're doing this yeah, live sure. on YouTube and yep. we, got it, we have, a, we have a, um, a super chat I want to throw in, but this question kind of goes where I am in my questioning. Not that I'm thinking this because I don't think I would ever it kind of depends. My locality, if my locality called me and my local authorities said, come, I would come. But the question is, uh, Baptist 95 says, the question is, when do we, as the rightful government under the law, take up the sword? And he means as American citizens, I think. Yeah. When do American citizens yeah. actually get violent? Right. Okay. So 
as a, know, it has is... to answer as a Christian, right? And you can answer sure. as a Christian, I think. Let's let's see if this gets us banned from YouTube. Yeah, no. I would say constitutionally, the the power at the center of the way that America is set up, and I don't just mean like the document, the Constitution, although that's part of it. But the idea there is that the foundation of government it and its regulators, therefore, are, are not the Supreme Court or the presidency. It is the people. Right. Therefore, constitutionally, the people are free to dissolve that form of government or to resist its evil application. Right. That's why, for instance, Andrew Jackson felt free to ignore the Supreme Court not just because he understood a document in a certain way, that's part of it, but also because he said, they're not going to enforce it. So let them enforce their mandates. Hmm. Let hmm. them enforce their right. mandates. And, the, and you need to think that about tyrants, period. Right, right, yeah, right. As when they make laws that are not just laws, and that right. that's, you know, for the Christian, again, this would be, you know, they're speaking against what Scripture says, but when it's injustice, you do not have to follow injustice. That, right. There's no right. commandments for that. I mean, think about think about kind of the imagery, basically the memes that our forefathers chose, right? Uh, Virginia chose a woman stabbing a tyrant, and, it, <laughs> and, their, and their motto is, Sic Semper Tyrannis, thus always oh, to yeah, tyrants, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So they understood that there are times when violence is called for in defense of something that is utterly destructive of life. So how does an um, American citizen know that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back to where my answer is. I, you know, YouTube can you know, throw us off if they want. I don't think we're big enough for them to carry it. But there you go. You know, I, we're not. They can't, they can't you know, make them enforce it. They right. can't, you know, what we're talking about is the idea that as American citizens, we have a right to bear arms for a reason. What is right. that reason? Yeah. And I would suggest that that reason is because when your sheriff needs you, you should be ready. That's your reason. And if your sheriff mm -hmm. needs you because he and all the other sheriffs are going to resist the other half of the sheriffs on the other side of the state with the governor who wants to enforce all evil things of bad things because – and that's where you are and that's what you think too. Well, then mm -hmm. you do what your sheriff told you to do. You follow, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, it's that, but we have a structure there in place. This, the, the, all those uh, banners from the, the 13 colonies and beyond, the militiamen, the idea is locality. The strength is in numbers locally. Right. Uh, and they divide you by by sending your sons away to war. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> right. And I, I think um, kind of philosophically underneath all that is is the basic idea, which obviously you can understand why a frontier people would grasp this faster than people in the old world, is that no one is coming to save you. That's right. If you don't do something. No one is coming for you. No one's going to help you. No one's going to come up and say, oh, yes, Kyle Rittenhouse, I understand that you are being attacked and this is wrong. No one is going to help you if you don't do it for yourself. Yep. Right. Yep. And that makes sense whether you're cutting down a tree or defending yourself. If you don't do it the right way, no one is going to help you or do it for you. So let's go with these other two uh, super chats, both from Jedi Knight and King Kendrick, our regular watcher of my show, Saturday Morning Chill, here on YouTube. Uh, he says, first, uh, be it Davis, Sierra, or the UN, Babylon loves to babble on. The constant is spiritual fidgeting that gives testimony to their insane oh, – yeah, uh, oh, sorry. The constant switching of what is true is the spiritual fidgeting that gives testimony to their insane minds. Their tower will fall again. And then let me get the other one up here because I think it's also from him. Um, he says – I can't see it behind my, my picture. Kuntz, have you read Moldberg's 
Mold Bugs, open letter to open-minded progressives. It's about a decade older, but describes all this in very Luther language. Yeah, I have. And um, I mean, my thoughts on NRX would probably occupy a whole other hour, but I think... Well, he threw me five bucks for that one. So, you know, yeah. give, give, give him the sauce worth, you know? <laughs> so what I would, so what I would say, I mean, I was waiting for questions about ginger ale. What I would, what I would say is that the idea of open-minded progressives is itself the problem. And, and this is kind of, this is kind of my issue with neo-reaction altogether is not so much their individual discussions of issues or how the cathedral functions, but, oh, but more than that, their framing of the whole problem. So for instance, I disagree with their framing of Puritanism. Similarly, the idea that progressives are open-minded is to misunderstand what the idea of progress is for in modernity. Progress is not about the achievement of anything specific in this, you know, it, it, the lie of progress is contained in the phrase two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> you understand that the actual issue here is about power and for most people on the left, it's about subservience to power. So there, it's not that there's nobody on the left that's open-minded and I will stand by, just start ignoring left and right per se, look at what the person is actually saying and doing and why. Right. But the, the point is that people don't belong to the left because they are open-minded. I mean, that's what they think, <laughs> but they belong to the left as a kind as a as a ritual of social subservience and self-abasement right right that's right. what the left is for that's yeah. why it always has new rituals of humiliation hmm. to enact on increasingly large numbers of right. people the status-based shame cult right right driven by a combination of uh misunderstood puritanism at least to take it from you uh with a little bit of what might actually be some white guilt but the unwillingness to not be the, like rulers of the universe with all the power and like the yeah. jets and the, I don't know, deals with Ukrainian well, gas stations. And, 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 and you can go back like in any one specific case and you can show somebody who is open-minded. Okay. You were wrong about this. Like right. 1968, Paul Ehrlich writes the population bomb. Yeah, right. It turns out that wasn't, a, that wasn't really the problem. Okay. But that wasn't ever the point anyway. No. The point was always, and is always for them control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just want to move the story forward for us right. so that we don't notice that we're getting boiled in that pot. Uh, right. And this is a, a generations-long game, which again makes it hard for people to believe. And that's why they say, well, you know, it would take a genius to do this as a conspiracy theory. But the thing is, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not <laughs> right. really hidden. I mean, it's like it, it really, might be really a conspiracy. There. It might be a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. It's there not a go. theory. It's not hidden. There's nothing conspiratorial <laughs> about documents being published by the World Bank. I mean, there's, right. there really yeah. is not. Uh, right. Other than that, it's clear that they tell you what they're going to do, which is strange. I would think if I were going to do these things, I'd want to be more secretive. But it shows you how much power they think they have, which gets me to my Mad Mondays article from recently. You know, Jack, when he was interviewed by um, or interviewed, testified before Ted Cruz on Twitter, on uh, in Congress, Senate, excuse me, in Senate. This was like right before the vote. He, Jack looks so confident and so comfortable and so unafraid. Yeah. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. And 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 Cruz looked a little little too excited for my mind. Um, he wanted to be like, "Raw America's going to stop you." And yeah. but I I just saw this like very controlled and calculating man saying, knowing that this is this is well past you doing anything about it. Right. 
Yeah, well, because I think that one of the things that Jack Dorsey has that Ted Cruz doesn't have is that Jack Dorsey doesn't need to go in front of a camera in order to matter. Right. Yeah, I mean, the way that the way that media corrodes democratic politics is that it makes everything grandstanding. So, you know, Lindsey Graham will, you know, pretend to be this this fiery, you know, going to he'll burn everything down to get Brett Kavanaugh, you know, confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. And then he'll go right back to kind of anti-Trump stuff, you know, a couple months after that when the cameras are off him. So mm. what what that does is it incentivizes people who are good at performance. It makes them it makes them actors. Jack doesn't have what? to be an actor. What? Jack has Jack has actual power over public opinion because he runs what's basically a media company. So you're telling me that if I went back to 1985 or 1955 and found someone and told them that in 1985 Ronald Reagan would be the president, they would scream, "What? An actor?" because they think yeah, that, that right, would be impossible. Right, 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 right. And right, then right, they would make yeah. a movie about it in 1985 and it'd be a joke and we'd all laugh at it and not realize that in fact it was changing what was going on the view right. of the presidency and that media right. which remember the guy who came into your living room uh with that uh, radio a media really was the mother of us all at that point oh right well that's a scary yeah. thought it's true though yeah it's and true. so i i, I think i think that i think that's why changing one's media consumption habits is one of the steps yeah but i think another step to kind of opting out of being reset is also to develop skills that they're presuming you'll never have. If you can hunt, you don't have to worry so much about the fact that they're going to be uh, making impossible burgers normal, right? If you actually have a family whom you do see at Thanksgiving and Christmas, you don't have to, and you know, you actually form a family you see every day, you don't have to worry about the fact that you are going to be, you know, herded into cities so you can live in tiny, you know, loft apartments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The building of an alternative is not actually as complex as maybe it seems. It's just unforeseen and probably unprecedented because what was normal 50 years ago is now completely countercultural. Right, right. So it's, it's not so hard as daunting, right? And right. and it's it's like I mean when Neo takes that red pill and he wakes up outside the Matrix he's like what did I just sign up for? And if you haven't read the Mat or read watched the Matrix you don't have that reference point. It matters in a lot of different ways, but I think this one more than any other. Maybe this is in fact what that movie's about in some ways. As when you decide that the media isn't telling you the truth, what are you going to figure it out? We just showed you that we made you question your whole reality with the movie. Right? So are you, yeah. you going to stop listening? You're going to keep watching like we know like we're the diviners. Oh, yeah. and I kept watching. You know, you know. Uh, so to step out, though, I'll tell you what I've learned. I've learned that wiring in my house is far easier than I thought it would ever be. I've learned that the first book I bought on wiring, which looked really cool, told me, first paragraph, don't do your own wiring. Pay an expert to come do it for you. Right. Yep. I thought, I'm going to get a different book. <laughs> uh, but that's that's it though right right I mean, they, right, they market, right they they they're marketing home fixing to people who they don't actually want you to fix your home and and once you can right. see that then it's not about doing it all yourself it's about realizing that you have hands that can do anything you want and you won't though while you're just sitting there right and, and the I, drugs and make I, you just sit there these days i mean they they do, they do. And I think that part of the reason that they're able to put forward something like the Great Reset right now is because they understand in a way that I don't think most churches, Christians, pastors understand hmm. that this is actually an issue about souls. Yeah. 
and what what souls long for and what souls are fed by. And they have fed you with a really horrendous diet, but it is a diet, right? So in the same sense that, you know, they talk about COVID constantly, but they don't talk about obesity. They will talk about things like racism and America's original sin, but they don't talk about like lethargy or misery or the suicide rate or, you know, the alcoholism rising among middle-aged women. They don't talk about any of this stuff. Yeah, right. So the reason they don't do that is because that would be, I think, to show you too much. Right. I think, I think showing, showing a slave plans doesn't matter at all if you know that he's going to stay a slave. Showing a slave the way that he will remain enslaved, which in our case doesn't have to do with being physically shackled anywhere. Right. Okay. It has to do with belief and trust and lots of things that are internal dynamics. If they show you how you are enslaved in your soul, then they have shown you too much. And that's not what they're doing. They're just telling you, this is what we want to achieve. So this is what you can expect to see. Okay. Even as far back as 2016, you know, we have people outside the cities and, and they're weird. They can show you that because they know that they're not showing you how to get out of that condition. Hmm. And I think that's why they feel so free to say what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what are you going to do? I mean, it's where I was sitting. Let's see. 2012, sitting in a doctor's office. A little overweight, I think, you know. Hey, you're going to be diabetic in about a year or two. So just get ready. Statins are coming. Um, What can I do? You could lose some weight. Oh, well, I've been trying. Yeah, well, you know, that's pretty normal for you to have this happen. Really? It is? Yeah. Get ready for it. Right. And and I said, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I tried to right. stop and I couldn't because there's no way out. It's amazing. They'd say they're going to help you. There's no help. Right. There's no help. Now, right. I, I think I found some solutions. I'm not going to go into that on, on the show right here. But like the point is, like no one was going to help me fix my health. I had to go and dig for like three and a half, four years. And I tried a bunch of stuff that actually hurt my health before I figured out how to fix my health. But I had to get off certain things and I had to get back on certain things that, that the human body evolved or was created to eat and um, yeah. or redeemed to eat, might even say in some ways. And, and to figure that out, though, it was I had to go against the tide. I had to reject things that sound like flat earth level, uh, you know, kind of things, claims. I had to accept things that sound like yeah. flat earth level claims. I had to reject things that have been <laughs> yeah. taught since I was on a bottle, basically. And now yeah. I continue to have to to navigate very careful conversations with people who I love and care about because they're offended that I think this now, that I right. think meat's good for me. They're offended right. yeah. by this. They're, they're, they're like spiritually upset by this. And they're not vegans. They're not Seventh-day Adventists. They're just people. What's up with that? What's up with that? Well, well, yeah, I mean, they have been they have been taught something and most people are kind of programmed to be orthodox. Yeah. That is right. they will they will do and say what they are told. And that's that's okay. That's part of I think the vast majority of human nature. Um if people like you or myself were normal, we actually would be living in an insane asylum. But, you know, so that they have been, that's how they have been taught to be and so that's how they are. And that's why I, you know, I, I think that empathy and and mm. love mm. are are misdirected generally to very abstract notions like the planet or people I'll never meet. 
but empathy and love toward people that you actually know and interact with that you're in some cases, you know, blood relations with who are completely angry at you for some opinion that they think sounds like you're saying the earth is flat. That's all you can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably the healthiest way to be because the alternative is to do exactly what your blood relations are being told to do by the media, which is to cut you off yeah, right. because of those opinions that you express. Right. So what I'm, what I'm trying to make a conscious decision in my own life to do is to prioritize the human and the immediate and the direct over the abstract and the, you know, the mediated and the indirect mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, because I know that what is in front of my eyes and what is obvious is something from which I can actually gain some wisdom. Mm -hmm. Whereas what I'm told from whatever channel is going to always remain. And I, I think about this when people write into the show, because I hope that what they're doing with what we're talking about is not accepting everything that I say or you say, but that they are integrating some of the things we're saying into their lives and making their lives and the lives of the people around them better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I, I don't want fans. I want people who can listen and learn from this, who are helped by it, but who then can actually put it into practice. I, do, I don't just want content consumers. No, yeah, the that's, way... good. that's good. That's good. So fans, yeah. fans is an annoying thing that I've had to reckon with uh, for a long time. I don't like it. I don't like using my name to promote stuff. It's always been frustrating to me that you kind of have to, though, in a certain level. Right. But there's there's a difference between the fan that, that you're saying, which is, is negative. It's just the passive viewer who will, who will basically right. use us to placate or to become one more reason not to be involved. Now, I think my other stuff right. that I do online, which involves Christianity, probably doesn't leave people in that position too often often. Um, sure. But what what can happen, what does happen when people hear this kind of talk that is reasonable, logical men mm -hmm. proposing solutions together to fix things uh, is they want to follow that. And and that yeah. you can call that being a fan or you can call that being a soldier. <laughs> I don't care. Right. Yeah. I don't care yeah. the nomenclature. The point is sure. you're committed, you're convicted, you're in. And so – but to, to bring it to the listener now, I mean, look, neither of us are saying take up arms for your country. Neither of us have said that. And if you're taking that from this, like like you might want to invest in some. They're not a bad investment. They, they retain their value really, really well. Um, they're kind of hard to get right now actually. So that's not a, a bad thing, but that's not what you got to do. What you got to do is – begin what's right in, with what's right in front of you if you cannot wire your house well neither could i a year and a half ago and neither would i've ever yeah. imagined doing so i just took a smaller right. step way back then to say i'm not going to let the magic box tell me how to think and i'm not right. going to believe i'm incompetent because i spent so much time watching it and it made me feel like it was all magic right it's none of it's magic yeah, yeah. if you if you can't control your blood sugar if you can't manage your finances just do one thing at a time right and get help doing it. Right. Because, yeah, we're not saying, hey, uh, I mean, I wouldn't we wouldn't do this every week if we were saying, no, please don't listen. Please stop listening. Don't. But what you what you should do with this is implement solutions mm -hmm. rather than just becoming part of a tribe that adheres to these solutions, because that is exactly what they want you to do with all kinds of content is just to wait for more content to come mm -hmm. so that you can consume it and then wait for, they want to keep you completely passive and life is not a passive activity. No.
No. Well, and, and to to um, try to promote then a little bit here, I think the value of podcasting can be you can listen to it while you do things with your hands. Yeah, uh, there's true. Really, yeah. it's, it's a very valuable thing in that regard. YouTube, eh, less so, although I know people who listen to music <laughs> on YouTube and they just have to burn their screen out by doing it to keep it open and playing. So maybe they listen to us <laughs> that way too. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. up at our time for the day. I mean, is there anything factuality-wise that you wanted to say about Great Reset before we close out? Should we – I don't want to say should be anything. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you I don't know if there are any links in the chat or anything, but I would just I would just look for it and don't don't follow first of all like the Twitter hashtag because that's that's going to replicate and probably go too far beyond some of the stuff that we've said. I would go look at the primary stuff, mm-hmm. World Economic Forum, UN Sustainable Development. Look at it from the source, see what they want to do, and then understand what that language means and how that's going to be used. And how it will, of course, be incoherent. I think talking about how it it doesn't make sense or it's crazy is fine and it's true, but it doesn't. It's not going to stop anything. It's right? not going to stop them from trying. They're going to try in certain places. Do you want it to happen where you are? Well, your place may or may not be more likely to have it happen. The way you can know is by figuring out what's right. really going on locally with your politics. Get involved, which you all should be doing anyway if you're good people. So, it's not like this is really the radicalist thing that could be said, except for that we live in an age where this is the radicalist thing that could be said, which. Makes you wonder a little bit about who's crazy at the end of the day. Pastor at Dr. Adam Koontz. He's at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, I'm Pastor Jonathan Fisk. I'm at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Rockford, Illinois. This is a brief history power with two white guys, and we'll be more we'll be more back. We'll be back more to offend you with something else next week. So see you then.